It's that time of the week again. You are about to participate in a great adventure. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop? What the hell do you think you're doing? It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris. Oh my God! As they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. As well as the music of today. Excuse me while I whip this out. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Who are those guys? Digital Kill the Radio Star starts. Come on, quit stalling! Welcome back, everyone, to the Digital Kill the Radio Star podcast. I am David, and I've got my buddy Chris on the other line, and I hope... uh, Everybody has had a good week. Football is back in full gear. I've spent the entire day watching the NFL, and I'm pretty sure you probably have too, Chris. Not as much as you would think, honestly. Um, My Saints didn't play today, and it was beautiful weather, and I was out with the family. But, uh, yeah, I'll get it going soon enough, that's for sure. It's nice to have it not actually kill a Sunday, you know. I know. It was um, (laughs) – there's been some really, really good games today. Yeah, it looks um, like. I was looking at some of the scores. It looks like there were some good ones. I, I know that Tennessee and and uh, Jacksonville one. Man, I, I tell you, I, they everybody's talked about them trying to tank to get um, Trevor Lawrence, but I think they got something in Gardner Minshew. Oh, yeah. That kid's good. You know, he's, you know, from, just cause he, he's from here. Yeah, I knew. Was it the Jackson area? I know yeah, yeah. My, my in-laws are really good friends with him, with his family. Yeah, I mean, just because he wasn't a big-time – Pick who cares? The guy can flat play, and he's a winner. Yeah, yeah. He's and I would try to. I'd build around. I mean, see, I, I think he may win too many games for them to have a sh- shot with Trevor Lawrence anyway. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is as good as people think he is anyway. For them, oh, I, what I've seen out of Gardner Minshew, I'd take him. But um, yeah, no, we're 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 full swing. It's still a little bit odd, you know, and not having the uh, sounds good. It does. It sounds normal until they show the stadium, and it's like, whoa. If they don't show the stadium, you never know it's a difference. Absolutely not. Absolutely. I mean, they, they have it. I mean, they have it down perfectly. That sound. It looks. It sounds the same. It always has. But it was a rough day with injuries, though. I know that. But yeah. we're not a sports show, so uh, <laughs> even though it's sounding like we are right now, so you you didn't tune into the wrong one. We are going to be music dorks. Well. um, Let's see. I don't. You and I haven't done a podcast since we did our August of Americana series, and since uh, that we kind of focused on that music and didn't really talk about anything else um, other than that topic for those four weeks. Uh, a lot of music has come out, and I haven't even. I, I've meant to text you about this because I know you've listened to it. But what are your thoughts on the new Killers album? Um, not that great. Not I felt, that great. The first the first song's phenomenal. I, f- I feel like they're losing just, you. 
they have lost me. <laughs> I mean, they have because uh, that last one they they made was it sucked. I mean, I'm just being honest. You know, it was one of those things when I first listened to. It, I was like, you know, it's not that bad. But when you don't go back and listen to it, but you probably never listened to it all the way through more than five times, you didn't really like it. And I just have to be honest with myself. And I didn't go back to it. And this new one, I've probably listened to it straight through, maybe twice. And I, uh, it's not that it's just awful. It's just it, it doesn't catch me. I think uh, it, I'm sad to say it because I, I I love so much of their work. I I um, you know I've, I, we talked that we talked a lot about the first two records are so good. I love Sam's Town, but the one. Why can I never think of the name of the uh, the third one? The um, one that had the singles "Runaway" and "Miss Atomic Bomb" was on it. Is it Human? <clears throat> no, that's that's the third. No, that's one. that's the fourth one. That's yeah. yeah the, so that's the third one, and one I'm talking about is the fourth one. And that one wasn't bad. It was different. You know, it was more of a uh, electronic type type album. It was, it was a little bit more dance, I guess you would say. Uh, God, what what is the name of that record? It's going to drive me crazy. Well, it's got it's got I, "Runaway" on it. And that's one of my favorite songs of theirs. Well, the thing is, I was going to say, it, it's kind of forgotten in the Killer's discography. It, did, it, it For whatever reason, it's not really talked about much, but it's a great album. I mean, it. I liked it better than, um, you're talking about Day and Age. That's yeah. the one that had Human on it. Yeah. Battleborn. Battleborn is excellent. Yeah, so Hot Fuss, everybody knows that's phenomenal. Samstown, which I think was the best one. Day and Age was good. Battleborn. Excellent, wonderful, wonderful was not wonderful, wonderful, and this imploding in the mirage. Yeah, I mean you're right. You you said it that they have lost me. What about you? They've pulled a Wilco on you. Yeah. What do you think though? I've only listened. I've only listened to like the first three songs a couple of times. I just I haven't just work's been kind of crazy and it hasn't. But a lot of times I can listen to music at work. I just haven't really been able to the way I normally do during the week. And I've gotten on like so many other musical kicks here lately that um, I need to go back to listen to it though and, and give it a fair shot. One of my coworkers, one of my coworkers, she really likes it. I did, I'd forgotten it was coming out and she was like, Hey, have you listened to the new killers? I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And she's like, I really like it. So I need to go back and listen to it. But yeah, they're going to have a hard time topping Sam's town. Yeah. I, I do think that it, I need to give it another chance. Yes. And you're, you're right. Sam's town, but I, I gotta be honest with you. Like I said, even though nobody ever talks about it, Battleborn, it's not much. It's not very far behind those first two records. It, it's really right on on the on par with those. And they and age was good, but they just they they seem to have lost it. And I actually read something recently. There was an article about bands that uh, basically bands that have lost it is really what it was about. And they were one of them named. Was Wilco one? I don't think so. But I mean, maybe may but they were probably talking. I don't think so. They should be though. People have been raving about that their their newest album, and I just it's just I'm I've just had to cut my losses with them. Like if they I had tickets to see them a couple months ago, if they come around, I'm going to go see them. Same here. But because they play I, a, they they put on a, an excellent show, and even the songs that are from the last records that I don't know, when I see them live, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. There's it's not a knock on them as musicians at all. It's they're, just that, they're a great 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 live act, and so I will, I will I'm like you all always go support them and i know that when i go see them i'm not going to be they're not going to be one of those bands that plays the last two records exclusively they're going to play all through their career and they play long very long set list like very mm-hmm. long like you'll get 25 songs yeah um same way um 
Uh, I, I wish I wish more bands would would do that and play those long sets. I kind of got a feeling there's going to be such a when we get concerts back, there's going to be such a demand for the consumer dollar that we're going to see people putting on better shows, um, trying to you know. If you're, if you let's say you're Wilco and you're thinking about going to see Wilco versus the Killers or whatever, you're gonna be like, well, you know, Wilco does play like twenty five, thirty songs. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm, at this point, I don't really care what the stage show is like. The number of songs, just let me go, <laughs> and uh, just let me go. I know. Have you have you watched any of like the um, drive in shows or anything like that? No, which I I'm, I'm, I do want to say something about that first. The, no, the last thing I watched as far as any, I'm, I'm like a lot of people have said that that I'm friends with that are kind of over the um, the little Instagram or whatever stage it. They're over those kind of shows, and I am too. But you know, I, I, we talked about it before. I love the Dropkick Murphys because it was professional, it was professionally shot, and it was like being at almost it was like watching a concert. Well. Lucero, when they did theirs last weekend, it was phenomenal. Um, the drive-through, the the only one, I mean, I know there's been some, but the only one I know of, and I don't even know if it's happened yet, is the Metallica one. Is that even yeah, has that happened yeah. yet? And that was, look, and I'm, if you can earn a buck, go earn a buck. And I, I'm never going to, I'm not going to talk bad about Metallica for wanting to earn a dollar. If the people will pay for it, but... I, when I saw 115 a car for a pre-recorded show, it's like you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it, I sold, it, sold, it sold well though. I'm sure it did, but I, I would never do it. Well, now though, you're seeing like a lot of artists do the the drive-in shows. They're in person, you know. Mm. Um, okay, yes, and and I have seen that some are doing that. Um. You know, I'll tell you, I don't think that would be any different than what I was talking Much, It wouldn't be much better than what I was telling you about sitting in my house watching the Lucero show. And the reason being is when you're in your car, you're going to be so far off, you're just watching it on a big screen. Right. So it really doesn't – I think, honestly, I think I would prefer to sit in my living room and watch it when versus be in my car and watch it. I, I just don't think you're getting much more of a – Lucero, when they did their show – was two miles from me. Well, when I go watch it at the at, at a, one of these drive-up shows, I'm going to be so far back. I'm not. If I got out of my car and tried to look at the stage, I probably wouldn't even see them. Right. So what's the difference? Yeah. Well, what else have you been listening to? There's been a lot lately. You know, we well, I've got a few. So I'm gonna the first one I'll bring up just and, and then and then I'll after this I'll, I'll let me give a quick little discussion on this and then you and I'll move on to one that I know we've both been listening to. I'll, I'll transition to, but, um, in minor, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Phil Anselmo of Pantera and many other band side projects. It's his newest side project. And it's not anybody who hears me say Phil Anselmo and say Pantera. Okay. Well, it's going to be another, you know, pretty intense metal record. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's not a metal record. It's, it's, uh, I don't know what to go. I remember when I first heard he was putting this project together, that it was going to be kind of a, a goth type record. And I don't think of it as goth. That, that influence may be there. I just say it's a slow, dark, dreary 
miserable <laughs> record as far as you know, the emotion in it. But it's good. It's different. It, it's something that I don't want to put in my car and just drive around all the time. <laughs> but for what it is, I do. I appreciate it. I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's uh, all the outside of what is it? There's a song number eight. It's called "This Is Not Your Day." That one's fairly upbeat. Outside of that, they're all just slow, dreary. Um, if you're in the mood for it, I could see this being a good record to sit on on a uh, sit in your your living room, turn out all the lights, get a, a bottle of red wine and play it get a candle lit because it, it's that kind of record but it's it's different and I, I would i would say you don't have to be a metal fan you don't have to be a phil anselmo fan if you just want to hear that kind of you know it's i know i'm not selling it as a happy record but it's not that kind of depressive just slow dark record that's it uh, it's uh they've only put out one bands in minor and it's called when the cold truth has worn its miserable welcome so I don't know if you did. You listen to any of it? Are you sampling? I listen. I listen to like one of Cliff. I I just his voice gets to me after a while. Well, and this is another thing. There's no yelling. There's no screaming. The my my knock on it would be that Phil tries too hard to sing with his deep voice. He he goes as deep as he can, and it's like he's wanting to rattle the bass in the speakers yeah. with his voice. Um, because we, I mean, everybody knows. If thing about Phil is, listen to. Listen to some of the songs where he's actually singing, be it be it Cemetery Gates or or Hollow or any of those songs or the cover of Planet Caravan. Dude can sing. He's a really talented vocalist, and this is just I don't know. He's just going for that effect. But I think it's a cool record. Um, another one when we will kind of stay on. He's a metal guy, not necessarily a metal record. But we'll stay on metal, and um, let's go to some Christian metal. Striper. Um, and I call it metal because they're thought of as a hair band from the eighties. And they're really, the reason they're thought of as a hair band from the eighties is because they're a hair band from the eighties. But, uh, this isn't a, this isn't a hair band record. This is a metal record. This is a modern record. It's what they've been doing for the past several. And, you know, Michael Sweet always says, or not Michael Sweet, everybody always says about their, their albums. Uh, we've heard this so many times and we'll hear it a thousand more. They put out a new record and they say it's the best of their career. And you'll hear somebody that was, it's really crazy when you hear the 80s saying they put up their best record. Because not only is it not, not only do you know it's not going to be their best, you know it's probably going to be almost unlistenable. Well, I think Striper may have made their best record. Yeah, this record I'm talking about is called Even the Devil Believes. And, you know, I, I come from a, uh, a different perspective than like a friend of ours that's really, really into them. He's going to have that nostalgia aspect. He may not want to admit that, but there's going to be a lot of nostalgia to his listening. He grew up on him. I didn't. You know, I, I started listening to him in large part because of him, because of this friend we're talking about. And so I don't have that nostalgia of listening to him when I was you know, 12 years old. And I'm able to listen to it with, I guess, unbiased ears. Not that I'm saying his are, but I, I, I think it says something when you can listen to it in that way. And to me, it is the most enjoyable record of theirs in the catalog. And it's, like I said, it's a metal record. Phenomenal, phenomenal leads, as always. Uh, Oz Fox, Michael Sweet, great play-in, great tone. Um, yeah, it's good. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm just not just a massive Striper fan, but I mean, I've liked everything since No More Hell to Pay. I, I've liked everything they've put out. And this one, I think, has a higher percentage of songs that I'll go back and listen to than some of those other ones. Those other ones, like if I go back and listen to them, there's three or four songs on each one I'll listen to. This one, I think there's two or three I don't really like, but other than that, uh, really strong effort considering how late they are in their career. Yeah, I don't like the last song. That that's the only one, but it's got eleven songs on it, and I got ten of them that I like. Um, I'll take it, and this is a record I will go back to. And I can't say that about most bands, you know, especially these ones that have been. And and for, let's forget about eighties metal, eighties hair bands, just metal. Whatever. Let's forget about that. Let's just talk about anybody from the eighties. Do I want to listen to a U two record now? If they put it out tomorrow, no. Like, I'm probably not going to like it. Most bands just can't keep going that far into their career. And I think it's pretty impressive what they did with this record. Yeah, me too. It's a shame they can't tour on it right now. I know. What else you got? Um, <laughs> I didn't even tell you. Man, I've got on a massive reggae kick the last couple of weeks. You text me something about that that you've been listening to reggae. Yeah, a ton of it. Uh, Toots Hibbert. Burning Spear. Toots, uh, is that the guy that just died? Yeah, yeah. So he, I, I've, I've known about him for years. He did a, uh, a Government Mule did a, like a dub album one time, and they went out and did some, a bunch of reggae songs live, and he came out and sang with them. And uh, he's actually the guy that gave reggae the name reggae uh, from a song of his. So, yeah, I've been Wait, listening. Who, who is? Toots. Hibbert. Toots is? He is a guy? Okay. Yeah. So I've been listening to him and, and, um, Burning Spear and Peter Tosh and even some newer stuff, um, like Slightly Stupid and um, uh, I forget the names of the other bands, but anyway, it's just kind of a weird thing I've been listening to. And I just kind of think it all sounds the same. And I mean, to some extent, some of it does. But when you get into some of those guys like Toots Hibbert and Peter Tosh uh, and Burning Spear uh, and you listen to it, it it's really, it's different. Uh, but yeah, I've been into that. And then... Uh, I got on a White Stripes kick for a while. Um, that's pretty much it. Well, I've been with another one that so that one that just came out Friday. Guy that we had on the podcast about a year ago, which I was thinking about this. It shows you just how quickly he put out a new record. I mean, really quick. Most people don't do it that quick, but you know, it was, a, it was probably just over a year ago that we interviewed Ron Hamilton. And Ron Hamilton and the Harlequin Ghost. They put out another one. It's called Nowhere to Go But Everywhere. And, you know, I read one of his Instagram posts. It was Friday, the day of the, the release. And he said that he he was going through a divorce. And it's just one of those things where he, uh, he, I guess he had, he was carrying a lot of weight, a lot on his mind. It sounds like it's probably one of those trips where you just need to go find yourself and uh, I think go try to have the, um, a Jack Kerouac kind of moment and just travel the country. And that's what he did. And he said he had no intention of ever writing music, but to, but as the trip went on, he got inspiration and said, he, I think he, he called his, maybe his agent or manager, somebody and said, I want to do another, I think he called somebody with the uh, wicked cool records and said, I want to do another record. And he put it out and it's a really solid record. It's a, uh, it's a little bit different from that last one that I love so much, which was just, you know, high energy, rock record kind of in the vein of like a Tom Petty 
this one is more of a, a little bit lower key, more of a somber record. Uh, but it, it's got some really cool tunes on it. The the first song, Only a Dream, uh, John uh, Jesus and John Lennon. Great, great song called Let's Go Slow. And then he does a really cool um really cool cover of Tom Petty's Southern Accents. And it, it's, like I said, it's a, you know, he was going through some stuff on this album. And, I mean, the last song, if this should tell you everything, kind of where his mind was, it's called Pick Yourself Up. Um, but, you know, I like this guy's music a lot. And I plan on giving this a lot more listens. It's kind of it's kind of new to me right now. But I like it. Uh, the other one, did you, by the way, did you listen to the cover of Southern mm-hmm. Accents? It's good. It is good, really good. And I thought, like I told you, I think his it fit the the song really fits his voice. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's the thing that really caught me about that song. I mean, he it, it sounds like it's something he that he could have written. The so the last thing that I've got is a band called Cold Years. Now, this is a this is a Scottish band, and one thing we've talked about on here that I've been asked so many times, and I'm sure you have too, David. People always ask, how do you hear of all this stuff? And I always say there's so many different ways. One of the ways, here's an example, a Gaslight Anthem fan page, I guess you would call it, through Facebook that I follow. Somebody posted, hey, is anybody listening to the to Cold Years? And they said that they're, I think they described them as the Gaslight Anthem with a little bit of a, of uh, against me, and they just supposedly like with I think within the last few weeks released this album, and it's their debut full length record called Paradise. And this probably is about as close to a Gaslight sounding band as you're going to hear. I mean, not not being a rip off because I don't think they are, but I hear, I do hear obviously Gaslight Anthem, I do hear Against Me where they put that in there, I hear. Dave Hawes, I hear the Menzingers, I hear all those type bands, but uh, like I said, most similar to Gaslight, and yeah, this will be in my discussion. This will be this will make my top ten records, and this this will probably be. I could see this potentially being a, at least a contender for for my record of the year. I and I and I've only been listening to this for less than a week, so we'll see where I am in a month, but. This one has blown me away. Yeah, I've I've listened to the first half of it so far, and it's really really good. It's a solid rock record. Yeah, I would say listen to the whole thing. Uh, give it, listen to the whole entire record. It is very very good. Um, if you like any of what I just named, Gaslight Anthem, Dave Hawes, Menzingers, Against Me, you'll like this band. You'll really like this band, and. Uh, I don't know what it is, you know, like if we listen to these bands with exceptions, most of these bands, you don't really, if when they're a European band, you don't really hear the accent, uh, except for certain, the Brit pop, you could always hear it. I don't know if it's because they tried to emphasize it more or if the other bands try to hide it. I, right. I don't know. I, I wish I did know the answer to that, but, um, you just don't really, you don't ever really hear that accent in bands, but for whatever reason, the Scottish bands, you always hear it in them. It's almost like they can't run from it. And my point being is, I love the way, I love that Scottish accent in music. It's a really cool sound. It's a different sound, but yeah, I am, 
I'm hooked, and I'm a big fan of cold years. It it Rod Stewart technically from Scotland. I don't know. I could be wrong. Uh, you know, he, he I love his voice. Um, Me too. <coughs> yeah, it's a real good record. I don't know if you saw it. They liked your tweet the other day. Yeah, I did. Um, I did. I uh, I hope that we can soon see live shows, and this band will hook up with a. Uh, hook up with a package here in the U.S. that allow them to come tour the States because I, I'd i love to see these guys. Who knows? Maybe maybe uh, Dave Hawes or Brian Fallon, one of those bands, can can hook up with them, get them on the road with them. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be cool. Yeah, definitely a good find. Do you have anything else? No, I don't. I mean, unless you do, I guess we can go on to, since we're talking about music, go on to the final piece. Yeah, so um, this week we interviewed, well, actually we interviewed them about a month ago. We just haven't had a chance to put it out. Uh, a band called The Country Westerns, and you'll hear us talk about how kind of we discovered them and about them um, uh, in the interview. But um, Chris worked pretty hard to get this one set up. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll hear us talk about their young band that had a lot of momentum going before the quarantine hit. And uh, so hopefully when... Um, we can get back to touring and going to shows. They'll be able to pick up where they left off. But they were they were super nice to us, and uh, you like to see bands like that starting out really make it. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, this is hopefully you'll you'll if you, if you listen to this, you're going to stick around for you know another 15 minutes or so with us and hear this interview. And I hope you'll be inclined to listen to their record and hopefully go buy their record because, like we said, they can't they can't tour it. You know, they haven't been able to, but if you like it, please buy the record. Yeah, so uh, thanks to the Country Westerns for coming on, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on all our social media at uh, Digital Kill the Radio Star on Twitter and um, Facebook and Instagram, and here are the Country Westerns. All right, guys, we, uh, we're we really excited about this interview. Chris and I have worked on it for a couple of weeks, and um, scheduling issues have popped up, and... Um, we finally have gotten it uh, nailed down, and uh, it's a band by the name of the Country Westerns, and they popped up on mine and Chris's radar, I don't know, Chris, what, a month or two ago? Yeah, it was about a month, month and a half. A buddy of mine, I asked him the other day, and he, he had somebody, somebody he follows on, on Twitter that he gets a lot of music advice for. He recommended the, the album, and he uh, he told me, he's like, hey, I think you'll like this, and it's it's not often that I hear something that... I fall in love with first listen and this did it for me. So uh, I will talk about that a little bit as we go along, but I've already said so far we're pretty far into the year at this point. It's crazy as that is so far. It's my album of the year. Yeah. I, I first heard of these guys on a uh, uh, couple of uh, different drive by truckers forums and uh, got into them that way. So, Hey, we've talked enough about them. Let's welcome Sabrina, Brian and Joel to the podcast. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going? Oh, we are well. Great. All right. So, um, we start off every podcast when we interview somebody with the same question. And so each one, we want each one of you to answer it. Who was your first, what was your first musical memory and who was your first favorite band? Sabrina? <laughs> um, uh, first musical memory was, um, my grandma gave me a Muppet Babies keyboard when I was three. And, uh, that was, uh, I don't know, a lot of those songs, Rainbow Connection, and putting on the Ritz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the, that, yeah, my first memory. Um, what was, the other one was 
What, like who? Who was your first favorite band or first artist that really got you into music? Probably Brandy, honestly. Wow, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, that was one nope. of the first cassettes I remember having. Uh, yeah, I would go with Brandy. <laughs> All right, Joel and Brian, what about you guys? Well, my first band that I as uh, I think it would be Rat. <laughs> Bobby Blotzer. <laughs> Shut up. He's a good drummer, man. You know, when I was a kid, like a child, child, my parents, I turned me on the Beatles, but I think on my own, it was my first stuff I dug was like Rat and Motley Crue and stuff like that. And then, um, yeah, that was my first stuff. Yeah, that's my age. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely Beatles when I was a little kid. I think I got the Ramones, all the stuff and more, where they put like the first four records on cassette tapes when I was like 12. And I had a cool punk uncle, so I got replacements from him when I was like 10, 11. Oh, that's cool. Well, and you know, that kind of makes me think too with um, when we're talking about this, I, I piggybacking off of what David said because you have a, I mean, you guys have a unique sound and, you know, I, I know that, like, say, rap may have first got you into music, whatever, but I, I, what would you say are your big influences that you think kind of really drive, in, in a way, drive your sound? So many, so many bands. Each other? Concert's <laughs> <laughs> a big, big deadhead. Yeah. But he goes in and out of it. Yeah, that's an off-on thing. He, he listens to gangster rap and the Grateful Dead pretty much exclusively. <laughs> nice pairing. As head. <laughs> What about you, Sabrina? Oh, I don't know. I went to art school, so, you know, just a lot of my art school friends, fans. That's cool. Well, we um, when we discovered your band, both of us, Chris and I, started uh, reading up about you guys and discovered some of your uh, bands that you'd been in prior to, um, to the Country Westerns. So, Sabrina, let's start with you. Um, I read in your bio that you, had, that you were in a band called State Champion, um, wasn't familiar with them, gave them a listen, and it's good stuff. Is that is that a band that's still active or, um, or or not? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, our last tour was a European one that was sort of a disaster, and then the pandemic hit, and you know, it's uh, still we're still a band for sure, but not sure when anything's going to happen again. Ryan still plays solo under the name State Champion. And and Brian, um, you you know I was already familiar with the Silver Jews. I was not, I wasn't aware that you were you know didn't know all the band members. Of course, I knew David Berman. Um, so did you work? Did you work with David Berman on any of his other projects, or is it just Silver Jews? Uh, I think the Silver Jews. But I mean, I. Oh, you mean like Purple Mountains? Yeah. Oh, um, no, I didn't play on that or anything. I mean, he he's he was my neighbor too. So we, we were really close. So, um, silver juice was the only like professional, the only thing I played on. Or, well, sorry for your loss, by the way. You know, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it takes time getting used to, but it's, that's the deal. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he, yeah. Silver juice. Yeah. All right, so Joey, you were in a po- in a popular New York City band called The Weight, and spe- well, 
accurate. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know. Popular is the right word. Well, that's no, that's kind of that's kind of what my question is. Like, especially like Ten Mile Grace. Like, how how what happened to that band? Because that, I mean, that that is a really really good band and and, and some really really good albums. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still. I mean, we had like I lived in Atlanta and we had like one lineup there, and then it's kind of a different lineup for like ten, eight years or so in New York. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still friends with everybody in in that band. Just, we were just joking about like when we broke up, we were just like, ah, oh, let's just quit. <laughs> like, the lack of interest. <laughs> And, and Joey, did you? Uh, yeah, I'm still friends with all those guys. Again, if this ever ends, we'll do it. And did your involvement with um, with Jim and Jesse did that come? Was that that was after the fact, right? After the wait. Yeah, I, gr- I grew up with Jesse uh, since like high school. I've known him, so I'm. I think I was the third or fourth bass player in that band. So okay, man. Uh, see, I'm I'm really familiar with his work, and I. I love that stuff. I mean, just that kind of lemon, lemon heads, Southern twang pop. I just thought it was awesome. Yeah, Jesse's great. He's done so many cool, weird punk and stuff too. Like, we're still really close friends. So, those were all your a lot of your past bands. How did you guys meet up and and connect? And how did the country westerns come about? Katsu well, used to run a bingo night at this bar that I worked at. That's how we met, pretty much. <laughs> I think I met Joey uh, when I was DJing one night at a formerly Foo Bar, now Cobra. Well, Joey, well, Joey, me and Joey first started playing together was because, uh, do you know, are you familiar with William Tyler? I've heard the it's name. Uh, anyway, there's a guy in town that, that does a, a brings everyone together and does a big night and everyone does covers and stuff like that. And we oh, did, that's the first time we played together? We did, an, we did a Don't Go Back to Rockville or whatever, that <laughs> R.M. song. And um, then we talked about being in a band. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that's how it started. We we knew each other and we would sit around at various bars commiserating about not having the band that we wanted to be in. So and we took our fancy time getting it together too. <laughs> we aren't very ambitious. <laughs> now, uh, according to the bio too that I read, is, Sabrina, is it true, is it really true that you had never played bass prior to this band? That's what it says on the bio. Yes, that's true. I picked up the bass, Joey called me one day and asked if I wanted to join country westerns and i was like well you know i don't play bass right and he's like yeah but like you know you can figure it out so uh yeah i think it was like three weeks before we played our first show and you know it's been a really fast fun ride it's a very punk rock move <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm envious you could lock me in a room with a guitar and eric clapton for five years and i'd come out and still not be able to play anything i'm very envious of somebody just pick up a bass and start playing <laughs> um can you guys tell us about the role that david berman played in the development of the band yeah brian yeah sure he uh <clears throat> this is pretty funny so he he knew i was working on a band with joey and he was living in Gary at the time or something and um 
he's working on his on the Purple Mountains album, and and he I I think he was he, he was in a weird place, and he, he was like he was ready to come in and, and and like rip it apart, you know what I mean? Like he came in and we played it for him, and he was like, oh. <laughs> so at that point, he took interest in it. So he'd come over and watch me and Joey play and tell us. Just sort of critique us and stuff. I mean, we it just took, hung out. He took interest. It didn't mean he was a fan immediately. He was like, there's <laughs> no, enough yeah. to work on here, yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. come sit and, that's, and yell at That's how David was. He always took more more, more interest in other people's stuff than his own, almost. You know? So he was real, real, uh, he loved uh, organizing stuff and directing people. So he was, uh, he was real into trying to. And he found us a producer, kind of thing, even though we are getting on. Yeah, he hooked us up with Sweeney, so that really helped with the album. Well, and so those those you did some recordings, and then Fat Possum heard them. Is that right? Yeah, we were recording up in New York, and um, we've gone up. Our plan was to go up like you know two or three times and, and finish the album that way instead of all in one one big go. And after the second one, the album was sounding great, and everyone we played it for was like, wow, it's really good and everything, but we had run out of money. And so I was telling Sweeney, you know, we were booked to, to record, and I said, I don't think we're going to be able to make it. And he was like, well, hold on a second. I have some, you know, something that'll get you going. So he, he sent me, like, the screen text, and he played it for Fat Possum, and they were, like, right away, like, really, really into it. So we uh, we figured out a way to finish the album. It was pretty much signed before we finished it, which was crazy. But yeah, never happened to me. I made a lot yeah, of records, yeah. but not signed a lot of contracts. I mean, Fat Possum is a is a cool record. Chris and I both went to college at Ole Miss in Oxford. You know, oh, and wow. uh, you know, Black Keys were on there for a while, and then they, you know, R.L. Burnside and all that. That's a that's a really respected record label. Yeah, and think about it, Dave. When we were there, I mean, man, that was such a small. They didn't have they didn't have much of a roster. I mean, now we're showing our age, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they didn't have much of a roster back then, but they've really grown as a label. Oh, so let us uh, raid the warehouse and steal a bunch of records. So that was <laughs> a big day for me. Awesome. Well, I already said, you know, you guys so far have made what I think is a record of, of 2020. Um, you know, I, I hear a lot of sounds in this. You know, I, I hear, I hear the Americana influences. I hear kind of the. Um, Almost like that slobberbone Lucero, you know. Where I'm, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, so I'm I'm going to use Lucero in every example when it comes to that. But I hear the the you mentioned playing REM covers, REM, the, the replacements, the the noise of the guitar tone of say like a, a Husker Du or or a Dinosaur Junior, and and I mean that in like as a good thing, but. But no, it's it's a, it's a, it's a unique sound, and and um, but ultimately all these sounds just kind of that that I put on it just formed just a great rock and roll record. Um, I mean, for somebody that's unfamiliar, how would you describe your band? Somebody that's listening to this for the first time and they don't know country westerns. Uh, well, I think you just did a decent job. <laughs> <laughs> so we can go with that. Next question. <laughs> I think a lot about, a lot of it is just about like. I love Nashville. Uh, there's a, a lot of ways to make music that are valid and cool. So I'm not critical of how anybody else does it. But just I like being in a band with the same people. Same, have a garage where we show up and just, you know, it's just to me, it's just being comfortable having that. 
Well, were you got were you guys able to get a lot of shows in before COVID hit? What's that? Were you guys able to get a lot of shows in before you know the the shutdown happened? No, we had a lot booked. I bet. I think we played the Mercy Lounge the night before everything shut down, and then that's been it. Well, see, I just think that I'm sorry, did I cut somebody off? I, I was just gonna say, like, as a band, we've you know over the last like year or more, like, played shows up in New York on the way to New York and in Chicago and Detroit, like, did a handful of things, but we didn't ever really get like a full proper tour in. No. We haven't played since the record was released. Yeah, We played a lot yeah. before it was. Well, that's the thing, man. When you talk about bad timing, I mean, it couldn't get much more awful because I, I mean, not to rub salt in the wounds, but I say this just as a, as a fan, you know, I think that this record, you have something with it. And I know that so much in today's music, it's, it's touring the record. It's building the fan base on the road. Um, so yeah, it was, I, and I, I just, couldn't, I can only imagine how good these songs would come off live. You know, I've seen performance, for example, that you played at Grimey's, um, have there been any other ways that you've been able to perform? Cause I know you said Grimey's, I mean, y'all obviously you're, we're talking to the, the band right now and they just finished rehearsing. So you guys are still playing, you're still preparing to play live shows, obviously. Yeah, well, sometimes it's just an excuse to lay around the garage, but <laughs> working on new stuff and demos and just Brian's been beefing up his home recording studio, so we're just playing with microphones and just to get a chance to play guitar loud a couple times a week is a very nice treat. Well, and um, now is there, how else, I guess... With this, this um, you put the record out. Haven't really been able to tour it. Dave and I have talked about this a lot. That um, yeah, we feel like this time is this downtime is gonna. There's gonna be a lot of good music that comes from this. But you guys haven't just put out your first album. Is there plans to do more music, or do you just want to wait on releasing anything before you've had a proper chance to tour this record? Uh, well, it, it probably depends on when we're able to tour. You know. Like, we might have a record ready by the time we're able to tour. We might as well just put that out, too, you know? Like, so I guess it just depends on how, when we're able to tour. I mean, it's, you know, we, we've had people contact us about it, but it's like, well, what do we say, you know? Yeah, where do you go? Where do you play? I mean, we're, we definitely want to. We plan it. That was our plan. We've got like half a new record written, but we also know there's not a big demand for it, so we're just having fun with it and figuring it out, you know. We've talked about trying to do house shows in a uh, respectful, socially distanced manner, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Now that that's something we could be interested in. <laughs> yeah, I love I love house shows. That that that's the coolest when you get a chance to do that. Um, so yeah, it's it's created an interesting time, but. So how else can, you know, I, I myself, I went to the website and I was wanting to order merchandise. I could not do that. What can we do? What are ways we can support the band? Uh, we, we talked about making that t-shirt. We just never did get around yeah, to we doing it. Yeah, because I guess we never got on tour. If we were touring, we'd, all, we'd definitely have a t-shirt. You know, like it, it was just... I mean, we'll, we'll, we're going to make a shirt. I don't know. I guess the best way to help us is 
turn more people onto it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Tell like, people about the record yeah, and send yeah, them to Fat yeah, Possum. At, at this point, because, I mean, Fat Possum sold out of all of our vinyl, and so we don't even have that right now, So, which is good, but also not, you know. <laughs> we'll make some stuff. We'll do something. Well, that part of it, as far as getting the word out, I promise you, I've done that, man. Every one of my we, because we're we always call ourselves total music dorks, and I mean we geek out on music all the time, every kind of genre imaginable, and you know you do that. You guys know this, and you form a lot of friendships based on music. And everybody I know with cool music taste, even the ones that have shitty music taste, I'm saying give this give this band a chance because they're they're killer. That's awesome. Yeah, Thank you. And there's been really good feedback, by the way, too. Mm -hmm. Everybody that I've turned this band turned on to the your band has really, really liked your record. Yeah, we're just regular Joes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we kind of as we kind of get close to wrapping this up, is there anything else you guys would like to plug? Like, friend, like fans we're listening to, or whatever, whatever you like. If you're ever in Nashville, come by Dukes. 1,000 Main Street. It's a great bar. Joey's bar is fantastic. I'm going to say my friend's dead from Chicago. D-H-E-D. They're rad. Cool. Put it recently. Well, guys, look. We know uh, y'all had... y'all. Um, we got this scheduled last minute. We appreciate you guys agreeing to do it because we've both been looking forward to it. And um, maybe uh, when things get a little bit more normal, we can have you on have a little bit of a longer chat. That would be great. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys. Hey, as we go out to what about your new record? What about a play out song? You guys pick. What's that? What about a play out song from your record for the podcast? What cops pick? How about a? No. <laughs> <laughs> Either. Uh, I'm not ready. I say yeah. I was gonna say guest checks or I'm not ready. One of those two. All we right. have two for it. Two for it, I'm not ready. So we'll do that one. All right, guys. Thanks again. Really do appreciate your time. Best of luck to you. Mm -hmm.